Strachan and Bell together. There's Cooper breaking through. A chance now. This will be the fourth ball for Aberdeen. Cooper puts it in with good Brendan Bellish. Well, suddenly it's become a rout. Of course, when things are going wrong against you, you don't get the breaks of the ball. Cooper in with Stewart. He didn't really know where the ball was, but he got the break. And as you say, it's a schoolboy's dream being able to take your time, knowing that really all you've got to do is crack it into the back of the net. Hello there and welcome back to a brand new season for Aberdeen Football Club and for us here at the AFC Here We Go podcast. Uh, we're delighted to be back for another, this is our fourth season that we're recording this podcast. Um, it only seems like the other day we started this. Joining me as always uh, is the one of the regulars on this podcast here. I mean Richard, it only seems like 20 minutes ago we were wrapping up the season and then yet, as is always true with Aberdeen Football Club, the season starts nice and early, and we've got lots of football to talk about. How are you doing, Richard? I'm doing okay, Martin. And uh, you, of course, started the season with a mistake. It is our fifth season. Fifth season, Jesus Christ! Has that been that long? I've obviously forgotten about some of the some of the lesser enjoyable podcasts we've done. I've hosted all the bad ones, absolutely. Joining us as our guest this week uh, is a journalist and one of our favourite NFL experts on this po- here that comes on this podcast. It's Shona Duffy. How are you doing, Shona? Hi, I'm good. How are you guys? We're all doing good, thank you. It's a pleasure to have you back. Uh, we've got a packed show uh, to get on tonight. We're going to discuss. We're going to discuss some of the new arrivals at Pitodri. Uh, there's been a couple of exits we're going to talk about as well. Perhaps a, maybe a possible exit here and there. Um, a little bit touching on pre-season. We obviously have our seasonal season predictions, hopes and fears, and then we're going to preview the upcoming game against Rops Rovaniemi, which. Uh, well, it's European football, it's what Aberdeen Football Club does, uh, so we're all excited about that. But we're going to get thing into it now, with, we're going to talk about the new arrivals that have came in, or should I say, not so new arrivals, Shona. Um, the first one that's came back is, Ash Taylor has returned to Pitaudry. Now, um, I'll put it to you that the obvious thing to say about Ash would be that he has a lot to do to win back the support, doesn't he? Um, a, a little bit, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> You know, I'm not a huge Ash Taylor fan. Um, he's, he, I think he's a good squad player, like, you know, in case we jab injuries towards our defence. Wasn't always thrilled when I seen him in the starting 11. Me and my brother used to call him Gash Taylor as a joke. <laughs> as a joke. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it, I, I'm not surprised he's come back. It doesn't, I don't think it went well for him down south, but yeah, I think he will probably have to do a lot, a lot to win some of the fans back, for sure. And Richard, I mean, we were we we were quite critical of him um, in his previous time here, but I suppose the the laziest thing to say about him, and it, but it is kind of true, is that if he just tries to do the simple things, then he is a decent player, isn't he? Uh, he well, he's maybe not quite a decent player, but he's good enough to cope with eighty percent of what the SPFL can throw at him. I, I suppose would be the would be the positive spin you could put on this, but I think otherwise it is a pretty lazy and very predictable signing in a lot of ways. I mean, 
Yeah, you could argue he's not coming in as first choice. It certainly looks like it's going to be uh, Michael Devlin that starts the season at the right-handed centre-back. But, uh, yeah, it's a little bit comfortable. It's a little bit... Uh, it shows a, a scouting network which perhaps could be doing better. Um, obviously, that said, Dirk McInnes didn't want to lose Ash Taylor two years ago. But his career has certainly not gone from strength to strength in those last two years. It, it's a concern that he is deemed to be still good enough for this side two years further down the line. It makes me question what kind of progress have we actually made? You will obviously have lots of lots of competition at centre-half as well. Uh, you, know, you could also see that Andy Constein will be filling in there as well because we've also brought in a left-back. Uh, we've brought in Greg Lee on loan from NSC Breda. Shona, it's fair to say that Max Lowe, it was always going to be a struggle to get him back. Um, but on, on face value, you know, a guy who's played, obviously, in the Dutch Dutch top league, um, on face value, this does seem like a pretty good bit of business to get this guy in. Yeah, I didn't know much about him before he signed, but um, when he did, uh, when the Aberdeen announced the news, um, a lot of the Breda fans were saying he's quite um, a good player. They were quite sad to see him leave. So it's always nice to see that. I know he, he kind of some people do sometimes say all that that about a player, but um, some people don't. Some people are like, oh dear, like he's actually gone to that club and he's not that great. But um, from what I heard uh, the weekend, because uh, my family went down to the game and he did, did all right before he got his a wee injury, I believe. But it should be interesting to see how he how he how he develops. Well, Craig's obviously one that's been scouted for a while. I believe the club tried to, well, not tried to, but made uh, moves towards getting him in in the January window when it was thought that Max Lowe wouldn't be coming back. And I suppose we have to hope that he has a similar impact at left-back as Shea Logan, who he shares a fairly similar career path to, apart from the uh, season that he spent in uh, with NEC Breda. That said, NEC Breda did finish bottom of the Eredivisie last season. So, um, again, a guy who's played lower league football in England, gone abroad, it's maybe not worked out quite for him. You know, you have to, again, hope there's an upside there, but... Again, you, you kind of worry what his base level is like. I think it's important, though, that we do have that attacking option from left-back. Yeah. I do um, think that a lot of fans are very, very quick to dismiss Andy Constantine's abilities and capabilities there. I think in certain games, he would come into left-back and do a very fine job. I think if you've got two attacking full-backs, it can leave you quite exposed. And certainly, if we're going to go with the two centre midfielders, which at the moment we're kind of going to have to, just based on numbers then um, if you're not going to play what the 4-2-3-1 that McInnes played for most of his first four seasons in charge, we gravitated more towards just playing with a midfield two last season. And if we do that, it, it is a worry to me if we then have two attacking fullbacks on the pitch at the same time. Um, so we'll see how that pans out over the season. I would certainly expect him to play in the home games against lower opposition because that was one of the failings last season which we kind of had got sorted in years previously, was trying to break down a lot of these sides. I think, you know, we can all pinpoint, you know, the seven points uh, after Christmas that we threw away in home games against the likes of Livingston, Hamilton, St Mirren, all games that should have been routine wins, but we, we just didn't have the ingenuity to break them down. And I think having, having that attacking option from left back Good thing in those games, definitely. You know, as with everybody else, our knowledge of Greg Lee really is based on a quick scan of Wikipedia and a, a quick look at YouTube for any career highlights. Pretty thin on the ground, but as I say, he's got a good grinding coming from Man City. So, you know, let's see what he's about. He seems to have shaped up quite well in the opening friendlies, but 
always, of course, that comes with the caveat of it not being a proper game. We've also seen the arrival um, of Craig Bryson from Derby on a two-year deal. 32, central midfielder and has had a tough time with injuries. But I would suggest this is a very good signing. Would you would you say that this guy is would be a direct replacement for Graham Shinney? Uh, despite the age, would it be fair to even say that he's perhaps a slight upgrade? He's a different player to Graham Shinney. I think that's the first thing. I think he's... He's probably a much more attacking-minded player. If we get the additional midfield reinforcements that I think the manager has been talking about, I can see him playing a lot higher up the pitch. I don't see him being as quick to close people down. You talk about him having injury problems. I mean, he's injured right now, but over the past eight years, he's played a lot of games. I think it was like 232 games that he made uh, appearances that he made for Derby over the course of those eight years. So there's not been a huge length of time out with injuries, but he's come to us with a knock carrying a knock and that can always be a concern if they don't get like a full pre-season behind them it kind of feels like players are, are behind at the start or behind all season long so we hope that isn't the case we hope he's up to speed quickly a little bit disappointing that he didn't manage to get some time at uh, Elgin at the weekend I still got a sneaking suspicion he, he might well start on Thursday though despite the fact he hasn't had any minutes pre-season it is obviously the marquee signing of the summer to date uh, I, I think it's a very good signing. I didn't think that we would have been able to get Craig Bryson, um, especially given some of the other clubs that were quoted were in for him, including the fact that Derby apparently offered him a new deal. Even if you think about the options he would have had in Scotland, obviously he's got history with Kilmarnock. I think uh, some of his family are from the central belt. So, uh, yeah, I will be paying him decent money. Um, I suspect he'll be club captain. That may or may not uh, come out in the next couple of days. But uh, either way, it's an important signing this summer. I think uh, quite a lot about our season hinges on how well Craig Bryson does because a fit in firing Craig Bryson is going to be one of the best players in this league. Richard's right to say that, isn't he, Shona? I mean, it is a very exciting signing. I was super excited when we, when we signed him. Um, you know... It's, I, I was quite shocked that we did manage to get it over the line as well, like like Richard mentioned. You know, he's played, that's a lot of games that he's played, if you think about it, um, for the last couple of years. So it will be really interesting to see how it unfolds. I think, personally, um, if you look at um, you know, Shinny going to Derby and Bryson coming here, um, I think Bryson can, you know, obviously it's a different league, and I wish Shinny all the best on the championship. Um, but uh, I think Bryson could be, you know, quite exciting. Um and it could work out that he maybe gets more game time out of the two, obviously because of how it um, pans out with compared to the leagues. But yeah, it's really looking forward to seeing how it all pans out. Now our next arrival, uh, we'd uh, well we'd been a little bit negative about him when we spoke spoken about him before, Richard. So we'll come directly to you on this one. Curtis Main from Motherwell on a two-year deal. Obviously, now he's signed for the club, he will get the full backing. Uh, but Given what, given how we discussed before, and you know his is not a great goals record, um, it's a bit of a it's a bit of a head scratcher. This one, presumably, just somebody that's going to play the ability to play the same sort of role as uh, Sam Cosgrove is is the thinking you would expect. Again, reports on the weekend that he was quite good at holding the ball up, quite good at getting the uh, rest of the team involved. It, it's a worry, though, that it appears to be another striker who can't score goals. Um, you know, we'll talk later on in the show about a guy perhaps going out the door who has 
you know, personified that tag over the past 18 months. Curtis Main's last last season in particular at Motherwell, his first six months at Motherwell went rather well. I think it was something like six goals in 11. Two of them rather gifted to him, thanks to our uh, very generous defending in the Scottish Cup semi-final, of course. But, uh, you know, it was, it was a positive first six months in Scotland. Uh, but they dried up somewhat last year. But what he was good at, and I think... Um, people like David Turnbull benefited from was his ability to bring others into play, bring uh, the breaking midfielders into play, bring your you know, you know your breaking um, inside forwards into play, now again maybe, um, maybe an outside Conor McLennan, uh, it's going to help them hopefully. You bring in a striker to score goals first and foremost, surely. You kind of understand the other things he brings to the game. He he does seem to me someone who who will play when Sam Cosgrove maybe isn't able to play or maybe isn't performing as you would want him to. I think Shona, that's a fair point that Richard makes there. Is that no, we have we've spoken about this many times on here before. Is that especially last season we struggled. Uh, to break teams down, things like that. And a, a forward like that who can you know, do a job of bringing the rest of the team into play, getting the best out of McGinn, getting the best out of McLennan, getting the best out of even perhaps Lewis Ferguson and other guys. I'm not saying that Curtis Main is exactly what we need, but what we need is that sort of player, perhaps. Uh, yeah, I, I do agree with that. Um, that is something we definitely did struggle with last season. It was evident against like the lower league opposition, as we mentioned earlier. I am... Just not 100% convinced of the signing, <laughs> but we'll see what happens. <laughs> Our next one um, is the, well, another one I think that's a bit quite an exciting one, uh, Shona, is that Ryan Hedges, Ryan Hedges perhaps even, uh, we've signed him from Barnes on a three-year deal, a 23-year-old winger, um, a guy who's had a couple of international caps for Wales. Um, no, it's come from Barnsley, so it's, it, it's the kind of level that Aberdeen are probably used to kind of shopping at. Um, but this guy again, and you no, know, I I won't pretend to have been no uh, a guy who watches a lot of Barnsley play football, and so I can't say I've seen a lot of him play. I've seen little bits here and there, and he looks to he looks to be very capable. I mean, this is this is another another creative player, another one that can add another aspect to team, improving what we were lacking on a little bit last season. Yeah, I I again I, I didn't know much about him before we signed him, but. Um... You know, if Ryan Giggs gives him a good, a good, good appraisal, then you know <laughs> the boy must be doing something right. I also heard that uh, Danny Ward also urged him to go to Aberdeen and get some more game time, which is always a nice, um, nice to hear a former player doing that. Well, interesting you bring up Guy Mackay Stephen there, Shona, because he's probably a downgrade on on Mackay Stephen. I think it would, I think everyone at this point would suggest. I mean, he is on the fringes of the Welsh squad. There's going to be something there, but I think most of his caps have been in friendly matches when they've had a lot of call-offs, that kind of idea. I suppose the thing is, Barnsley, who promoted to the Championship last season, they did want to hold on to him. They did offer him a new deal, and he's chosen to come here. The interesting thing, I think, about Ryan will be where we play him, and, and I really can see the idea being him playing in a more central role, which might surprise people who, who are tuned to, to hearing that he's, that he's a winger and he's coming here to, to compete for those wide spots. But I've just got a feeling that certainly as things stand with the squad as it is, he may play uh, off the striker more centrally. And certainly that seems to be the case in the first uh, pre-season friendly against uh, Connors Key. And uh, also for at least a part of the uh, game against Peter Head the other night as well. So so we'll see what that transpires. Clearly he's got the ability to play in either wing. 
but uh, yeah, I think at least initially he'll be he'll be playing more centrally. So intrigued to see what he can he can bring to the table. Good age, twenty three. I think he just turned twenty four today or maybe yesterday actually. So this is one which could turn out very very well for us, uh, or might disappear without a trace. <laughs> Seems you mentioned him there, Shona. Let's just have a moment to be misty-eyed about Danny Ward as well. Um, <laughs> uh, our next one is, um, well, is as a guy I will I won't even pretend to have any knowledge on, um, and I think we're probably all the same as that. Is John Gallagher on loan from Atlanta United? Um, obviously, comes Richard that comes through the the Dave Cormack link. I'll have brought this one about. Um, he's listed as being a forward, a winger, and a fullback. Um, so he's almost like a football manager regen come to life, isn't he? Oh, he's, yeah, I think he'd be ideal. Yeah, was it Nicholas Alexanderson back in Championship Manager in '97, '98? That's the one. Yeah, that was able to play in every position, and it was just it was key that you got him. Not necessarily play him, but to stick him on the bench. You speak about you not knowing anything about him. I wonder with this one how much the manager and the football operation actually knew about him. I wonder if this is just one that's landed in the squad purely as a result of uh, the American connections that obviously Dave Cormack is at the forefront of and which have uh, had a big impact on the -the off-the-field dealings with the club this summer. He seems to have shaped up quite well in those pre-season games. I wonder how much of that is just due to the fact that he would be uh, already match fit being midway through his season uh, as opposed to him really being really his level in terms of you know where he would stand against the rest of the squad but he seems to be certainly athletic certainly ability to um, to play in many positions both of these are, are positives certainly based on the, the sort of way in which the squad was stretched towards the end of last season uh, and again this is something we'll come to later right now we do have quite a big squad certainly compared to the numbers that we went into last season with, uh, and, and we'll definitely see some movement out. But but yeah, the, the Gallica one's interesting because I because I yeah I wonder how much the actual uh, football side of the business knew about this guy before before he pitched up here. And we'll we'll, we'll round up we'll round this section of the show up with um, the final name um, returning on a two year deal is James Wilson. We've I think we've kind of we've kind of. You know, said enough about him on here, so I'll hand it to you, Shona. Um, there's no question on the. There's no question on this guy's ability. Um, it is just that you know he needs to start showing it. I, I yeah, I do agree with that, and I, I actually really like him. I, do, I just don't think McInnes gave him enough um, game time sometimes last season, and obviously he had some injuries, which also that doesn't help. But that Hearts game um, near the end of last season, um, when it was Shane's last home game. I thought he was easily the best man on the pitch. Um, you know, he was the reason that we got the two goals. Um, and if he can show that every game, then I think it's a really good signing. I think that guy just wants to play football because he could have easily got more money down south. Like, he played for Manchester United. Like, he was on Brighton. Like, people know who he is. So I think it's incredible that we've managed to sign him and he's decided to play for us. Yeah, we have, Martin. We, we did say a lot on him last season. There was a a lot of reason to say a lot about him because a lot was expected of him. Not quite as much will be expected of him this season, I suspect. And again, the question mark is to where will he play? Because he did show up really well on the right-hand side in that sort of attacking right-wing position. The accusation was always that he was lazy and disinterested, but I thought I thought that was nonsense. I don't think, you, for a start, you would get near a Derek McInnes side if that were, was the case, that you weren't putting the application and the effort in. And... Um, Secondly, I think he, he did when he, you know, he played that uh, 
right wing position and under in a Derek McInnes side you are expected to come back and provide cover for your full back and he was more than willing to do that he has chosen to come here he's chosen to come here not just commit here but commit here in early July as well when he could and I thoroughly expected it to be the case that we'd be waiting until right at the close of the window before finding out whether we might actually get this guy but no, beginning of July, and that's been a real sea change in the way we've done our business this summer compared to a couple of the previous uh, summer windows. We've gone out, we've identified targets early, a huge reduction in the number of loan signings, only two at the moment, and one of them, Greg Lee, we've got an option to buy at the end of his uh, year-long loan. James Wilson deciding in July that he would he would commit to coming here was was quite significant, I think. But... It comes down to whether he can actually bring the goods on the pitch. And um, that's something that he's he's not done consistently in his career to date. Again, this could be one that uh, that turns out phenomenally well for us. Because uh, I think when it, turns, when it comes to technical ability, when it comes to his ability to hit a ball, again, he's up there with the best in the league. But it's, a, it's that ability to do it week in, week out, make a contribution to games. So I think I was fond of talking about last season was Conor McLennan who might not always have the best of games but he had this great ability to get involved and you know get an assist score a goal just get involved in games even when he wasn't playing that well and that's an attribute which I think James Wilson really needs to to try and pick up you mentioned there about the, you know, someone having a great ability to hit the ball so um, we'll, we'll start covering some of the exits we've seen um, here as well um, The first one was announced um, Just fairly recently As Frank Ross has gone On a six month loan To Air United Obviously Though he scored That fantastic free kick For us against them um, It's only a six It's only a six month loan Shona uh, But this guy You know There's clearly A lot of talent there um, We've only seen Flashes of it Because he's had You know A fairly in- injury plagued spell uh, But here's a, Here's another young guy Who I think all of us are really willing him to kind of to go out, prove himself, and come back, and then we can hopefully see the best of him. Oh uh, yeah, I absolutely agree, and we'll never. We'll, I don't think we'll forget that free kick for uh, quite quite some time. Um, but I think it's good for him to go out on loan for a bit. You know, get some get some game time. Bruce Anderson and Scott Wright did that last season and towards the end of the season, the well, second half of the season. So it, it can only it can only benefit him, and hopefully it goes well for him. I think the thing about Frank Ross is that uh, you know, twelve months ago. He was at least one place further up the queue. Since then, you've had Conor McLennan who's come in, and he's kind of made that right uh, right, uh, wing position his own. Certainly it's his to lose right now. No doubt that 12 months ago, Frank Ross was ahead of Conor McLennan in in the queue to to become a first-team regular. He basically missed a full season, and with this loan to air, he's back to where he was really at the end of uh, season 2017-18 when he had four or five months down at Morton. It's important that he doesn't just take the opportunity for games, I think. It's important that he goes there and really shines most weeks. I think if the, you're the age that Frank Ross is, you need to be standing out in the championship week in, week out before you, you're going to be able to demonstrate to the manager that you deserve a shot at Aberdeen, a team with aspirations for the upper ends of the Premier League. This isn't just about getting game time. This is about really showing the manager what he can do. I suppose yeah, you you make a good point there, Richard. I suppose it kind of it, it it goes to show you if can you come back and stake a claim and become a player like we're looking for someone like say Bruce Anderson to do, or does he go on and become what Kami Smith became? It, it's up to Frank. Uh, I mean, obviously, 
the injuries are unfortunate and you know they can't be helped he has to try and put that behind him and that might be difficult but it really is up to him we've seen again in flashes and snatches there was a game against uh, St Mirren last season albeit it was Alan Stubbs of St Mirren and I reckon I would have probably looked quite good going forward against <laughs> Alan Stubbs of St Mirren maybe that is a slight exaggeration there. and he was gliding past guys and looking like yep this is someone that's ready to take the next step well as I say he's now one place further down the queue definitely you mentioned him there Richard so I think it's probably it's only right that we touch on him obviously Gary Mackay-Steven is now gone probably the most tedious saga uh, in the history of Aberdeen Football Club is over no lots of ability provided some great moments for us it's obviously sad to see a player with talent go uh, Shona but um, I think it was always it was always going to happen when the, the interest from New York City came wasn't it I think when a club like New York City comes and the MLS is developing so well over in the States you kind of like I kind of expected him to go in in January to be fair and I'm probably surprised he didn't go when the time came for him to the summer window it wasn't a shock to me that he left I was very sad to see him go um I thought he was a great player for us over the past couple of years um yeah but I wish him all the best in New York I think you know it'd be amazing to play over there I've I've been to New York Stadium so um it's an incredible league it's like I say it's continuing to develop and yeah I'm sure he'll I'm sure he'll have an amazing time over there you know, as much as the three of us, born and bred Aberdonians, at least uh, I think we are, um, don't want to denigrate our hometown, it just reminds me of that line from Harold Stavrum when he left and he was uh, he was saying, you know, he was able in Istanbul to wake up, look across the river and see Asia. Guy McKay Stephen obviously would look up, uh, wake up, look over the river and see Brooklyn. Here you'd wake up, look over the river and see Tory. And it's not quite the same, with all due respect to Tory. You never know. People might like looking at Tories. <laughs> this is true. This is true. I'll have to go back and re-listen, but I think didn't David Priest absolutely wax lyrical about looking over that river at Tory? Am I am I am I mixing am I mixing up my podcasts? Yeah, but Dave Priest is now somewhere in deepest darkest Sweden, and you know he is. Yeah, and grew up in Sunderland, so yeah, but yeah. <laughs> so um. I would also expect, Richard, um, you've seen, um, obviously, David Dangana has also gone out on loan. Um, you would expect a few more of the younger squad members, uh, perhaps maybe some of the Ethan Ross or some of these, Seb Ross perhaps, what some of these younger squad members to maybe go out and loan a few, um, you know, maybe like a championship or a first division side as well. Yeah, and again, I think in Dangana's case, he's got the Stranraer. He's got to go there and and score goals and, and become indispensable to Stranraer because... The demands here have gone up considerably from when Derek McInnes walked in the door. If you're a young uh, player on the fringes of this squad, you have to go out and do something that sets you apart from the rest of your teammates, from everybody else that's fighting and demanding a place out there. It's not good enough just to go and get minutes. So everything I said about Frank Ross absolutely applies to David Dangana, even though he's a, a couple of rungs down the league ladder at Stranraer. Now, we, all, we, will, we do have, you alluded to it earlier on, we do have a potential exit going out the door as well. Um, there's been a lot of paper talk about Stevie May, linking him with several different clubs. Showed, um, Derek McInnes has been quoted himself saying he's happy for him to go out on loan. Um, I think the phrase he used was hoping he would go and catch fire for another team. Um, and then, much like Richard mentioned there, though you ha- no, De- leave Derek McInnes with no opportunity but to bring him back in January. Is there a chance for Stevie May still to impress at Aberdeen? I just don't really know what happened to Stevie May, you know, like, he killed it when he was at St Johnston. It didn't really go well for him in England. He came here and we were all excited when he signed. But it just kind of hasn't clicked. 
for me as a fan. I think it would be it would be good for him, but I don't it, like like Richard says, you can't he can't just go and get game time. He needs to prove that he should be playing um he should be Darby McKinnis' number one man up front. Um, he needs to start getting goals back. He basically does need to, yeah, reignite his career. Like, Willie Miller's also been quoted saying the long move may be best for him. Because at the moment, he's just not really getting enough game time. He has been pushed out by Sam Cosgrove. So, I think, yeah, he needs to go out, score some goals, try if he can to prove to Eric McKinnis why he should bring him back and be there, be our number one striker. Richard, one thing I would say though there, Richard, is that he's probably not going to be going anywhere until we would bring another body in, though. I, I'm not sure about that. I think as it stands, we're light in midfield, so so there might be an option to play four four two. So from that point of view, yeah. But you know, with James Wilson in the door now, along with Bruce Anderson, Curtis May, and Sam Cosgrove, you've got a number of strikers there. But yeah, as it stands, obviously we're light in midfield, so the temptation would be to maybe. Switch things about and go with four four two. At which case, you maybe need Stevie May around. However, I, I kind of feel the door is pretty much shut there. And I think you know what's been said in the papers at the weekend is pretty much lip service. I, I think they've come to the sad conclusion that it's just never going to work here for Stevie May. And I really didn't think when we signed him two years ago that we'd be sat here with the problem being that he's only scored eight goals and 75 appearances. I thought if we were going to get 75 appearances out of Stevie May, given what had gone before, before he arrived at Aberdeen, we would definitely have a fit and firing and successful player. You know, I thought it was as close to a sure thing as you can get, to be perfectly honest. Because he was a guy that Dan McKenzie had managed early in his career, kind of knew what he was about, seemed to know what was going to get him ticking. Early signs were very promising, before obviously Ryan Jack got a hold of him, I thought it might be that he just broke down completely. So for to be in a situation where he is a shadow of the player that he was, is it's just a little bit sad, ultimately. Because um, the thing that Stevie May always brought, I think, for St. Mary was just a real a joy, a fun, a kind of rambunctious uh, belief that goals were going to come. And it was just a, just a glee about his game, really. And... Right now, it just all seems like so much hard work for him. No, we'll talk about the. We've got. We've seen some preseason games, and we say this every year. And I think we say nothing could really be read into some of the preseason results. Um, you know, Connor's key, Peterhead, and Carly. I mean, you know, they're really Richard. They're just more about exercise and fitness and match sharpness, aren't they? There's I mean the results in this kind of, by this kind of thing. Results really mean nothing. Um, you'd you'd be foolish to write it off completely. Let's put it that way. I think um, I think absolutely they're just about getting players up to speed. But the lack of goals from open play against both Connor Key and uh, and Vaness is is a bit of a concern. And I hope that that's going to be partly um, corrected by the return to both Connor McLennan and now McGinn to to the first eleven. And indeed, Craig Bryson when he comes back in, because I think they're going to be some of the, the key uh, creative men for us this season. But yeah, to even at a training ground level, to not be able to score past uh, Connor Key was it was a little bit disappointing. To to not score from open play on Saturday was a little bit disappointing. So, so you're foolish to completely dismiss them. But the whole point of the exercise is to is to get these guys up to speed, to give them something up and beyond just the running about that they do at training and uh, to hopefully get us uh, in a position where we're ready to take on uh, the, the team from Finland on Thursday. Now, of course, well, 
there is also potentially the Europa League wise, Richard. There's potentially two full rounds in that before we're down to league business on well, it'll be either Saturday the third or Sunday the fourth of August. Um, but you know, we, we can talk about our perhaps season predictions or what our hopes and fears are, Shona. You no, know, we've got a. I think we've got a relatively, you know, as as it goes, a relatively decent start to the the league business, which will come up. You know, um, what what is your, what is the bare minimum in terms of your your hopes or expectations for the season, and and more importantly, what would you what would you like this season the most? Um, I definitely like us to win another cup. <laughs> definitely. <laughs> I think it's been long enough to see Celtic win treble troubles, so I don't really need to see any more of them. I think I think though we probably are going to be aiming for third personally. Um, I just think Rangers just got that slight edge over us now, unfortunately. I don't think Comarnet will be as strong this season. I think losing Steve Clark will be a big blow to them. I could be wrong, but that's that's you know he was basically the main driving force for them getting um, third this year. Um, so my fears are that we've slipped down the table. I'm not quite ready, ready for that yet. I quite like being in the top half. Um, I'd probably not want to see another final loss or a semi-final loss to like or Rangers. <laughs> I've seen too many of them in my lifetime as well. I mean, Richard, um, you know, I think that all of us are probably looking for, I know, and what we've seen is that in the next round, no, not overlooking who we've got in the fir- in this first stage of the Europa League is um, the Europa League group stages. It would be a really big target for a lot of us, wouldn't it? Well, listen, I'm looking for the domestic treble and the Europa League. Anything else is uh, it's frankly not good enough, and I'll be standing on Petrosi Street with the pitchfork. Just to let you know, I've not booked the hotel yet, but I think the Europa League final is in Prague this year. So it's in uh, Gdansk. <laughs> Gdansk, is it? Sorry. It's Gdansk. in Gdansk. So can you all go and stay at Grants? We might actually speak to us then. Fairly, a, f- a fairly accessible place for the Europa League final this year. So. It was right flight. Right flight from Aberdeen. Yep. So I'm pretty bullish, actually. I mean, if you can't be bullish at the start of the season, when can you be bullish? But there's not a huge gap between us and the team that finished second last season. And, and then, even with... Um, you talk about... Um, Neil Lennon obviously being in charge of Celtic now and uh, that's, a, that's a diminished Celtic from a Brendan Rodgers Celtic. There's no question about it. I still fully expect them to win the league but it is a diminished Celtic. But I always think it's you can only focus on what you can do yourself and that, for me it's all about point totals. I think last season's point totals of 67 was just a little bit off par. I want it to be above par. I want it to be at least in the mid-70s, pushing towards 80, ideally really pushing to as far as we can get, maybe mid-80s. I think mid-80s in a good season might give you an outside shot at the title. But I really don't think there is that much difference between us and the team that finished second last season. I think, you know, up to Christmas time last season, we were right there in the mix. We can all go back and pinpoint those results in the second half of the season that kind of went against us. meant that we did finish a good few points off them. And obviously because there was no pressure on them, and they weren't able, they weren't in a position to put any pressure on the team above them. They were able to put a, a run of a few wins together towards the end of the season, which consolidated their position, made it look better still. You know, I think we can be, we can certainly start the season aiming to um, better last season's points total, better the 76 points we we achieved a couple of seasons ago in the cups. Shona spoke about not wanting to, to lose another cup final. Well, I was to get to cup finals. I was to get to the last stages. 
if we end up losing them because we've given it a go and we fall just a bit short, then so be it. But I want to be. I don't want going out early to to Motherwells or to <sighs> Hamiltons or to Hearts or to Hibs. I want us to get to these finals. I want us to prove ourselves against the best and hopefully get over that line and win something. Obviously. See, I just had us in the final. <laughs> well, we'll take that, I suppose. In Europe, I think the group stage is, it's a very long shot. You, you have to get past two-seeded opponents to reach it. But I think we need to take a little bit, take a leaf, in fact, out of Gerard's book last, uh, last season. Uh, they entered first qualifying round like we do this season. And they got through three seeded opponents to reach the group stages. And, you know, they weren't playing the best teams in the world. They were playing some some sides of a level that we've fallen against in the past few seasons. And it's about time we got through some of these close games. It's about time we got through an Apollo, Lim- Apollo and Limassol game or a Maribor game rather than just falling short. So I was to have that belief that we go into these games believing that we can get through, because I think we've been lacking in that over the past couple of seasons. And well, our first game, on, on our first game on our route to the Europa League final, of course, is um, against Rops Rovaniemi. Um, aside, who, aside from Finland, currently sitting 10th out of 12 in their league, uh, with four wins from 15 games. Uh, now, not to, not to totally underestimate them, because I'm not going to do that at all, um, Shona, are we are are we our own biggest biggest threat here? Um, no, I don't want to use the phrase "no easy games" line because it's a bit you know because we have had some easy games in the past, but this lot aren't likely to be like an, another Dogava Riga. They're going to be capable enough. Yeah, I definitely would say that they're you know they are capable enough. Um, I think they have. Um, is it Dembele that plays for that? Who's played for Kilmarnock for them as well? Sissoko. Sissoko, that's right. We'll take that Dembele way out. Sissoko <laughs> <laughs> I knew it was one of them um, yeah obviously not the Sissoko but um, yeah so you know he's been saying that you know he's got experience to um, be able to knock Aberdeen out so we'll, we'll see if that happens um, I think we're ready though I think we should be ready enough you know McInnes is, knows what he's doing he's had the boys out in Ireland he's got he's trying to get the team gelling you know before this um, Europa League run that we're going to have clearly because we're going to get to the final um, you're right. There is no easy opponent. Um, they've they've managed to get to the stage, even though they have only got four wins from fifteen. They've they've obviously played more than we have. So that's that's something that we also have to factor into, despite the fact that they haven't done that well in their league at the moment. Yeah, I think it is that um, match fitness, which is is perhaps the greatest. Threat. I'll end up with total egg in my face when I come here and just dazzle us with. With spellbinding play and beat us three 0 up for on Thursday, but I think it is the the match fitness that is the the major <laughs> worry for me. Last season obviously is a long time away for them. That's the thing about Europe that you can be playing teams who were good last season and not so good this season. But the thing is with with uh, Rops having a, a summer season, the die is very much cast for them. This is not just uh, the opening couple of games with the Luke Dodgy. They are halfway through their season pretty much. And um, they are just a few points off the, the relegation place in the Finnish league. This is a team that's struggling to score goals, struggling to win games and um, not being very successful at keeping goals out either, frankly. I don't think there should be any surprise to them. I think in this day and age with the ability of, you know, with wise scout and the ability to watch every opponent, there shouldn't really be any surprises. I think the concerns for me are the match fitness issue 
and also the fact that obviously we go over there and we play on a plastic pitch. Plastic pitches can play differently wherever they're put. The silken glass pitches, obviously, but plastic pitches can play differently depending on how they're put down, depending on their standard. And it's always a little bit of a leveller, as we've seen to our cost at the likes of Hamilton uh, recently. Although we've obviously done well at Kilmarnock, conversely. So to me, those are the two main worries, which which is quite quite condescending in itself. Really, a team third bottom of the Finnish league, who this season have only managed wins against a team who are second bottom, bottom, and the two sides directly above them, they shouldn't really be posing as a threat. Well, that's a that's a wonderfully positive um, way to wrap up the podcast. I think um, you know we should we should we should have enough to take care of the, these guys. I think you know we have enough ability there. Um, I think we've seen just discussing for the last hour. We're confident enough um, in the in the squad that I think Aberdeen have got enough to take care of them. So that is of course the, the coming this Thursday night. Um, always exciting when Aberdeen have got European games. Um, as we always say on here, it's what Aberdeen Football Club does, um, and there's very few things as good as Pataudry when there's a, a, a nice big crowd, which there hopefully will be, and another European occasion. Um, so that is our po- our first podcast of the season out the way. Um, it's always, It's been a pleasure, as always, having you on, Richard. Thank you. And it was great to have you back, and we'll hopefully have you back on again very soon as well. Thank you very much, Shona. Thank you for having me. I loved it. We will be back next week. Um, we will obviously be reviewing the ROPS game and looking forward to the, the away leg. Um, so until then, take care and come on you Reds.